0: of you, but uh, we'll try to find something to do to keep you busy until the tinyness is over. And mostly I would like to just focus on all the things that you did not eat or drink today. <laughs> Wouldn't you like a cold glass of what? Okay, no, 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 of course, we know the main purpose of any tinyness is to distract us from the tinyness so that we don't realize that. I gave a sheer once before Yom Kippur, I called it, you know, the main question that everyone asks on Yom Kippur, when is it over, you know? And tell me that that isn't the slowest moving clock in the entire world, and and everyone keeps going. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> oh yes, many a chazin has lost his job over an extended neila, but um, it's not. Uh, listen, it's just it's for a simple reason. You know, everybody has to play to their strengths, and we Jews eat. That's what we do well. You know, we've made it the central theme of almost every holiday. You know, every holiday has its food, and we eat it, and it's extremely meaningful to us. And uh, I'm sure I must have told this uh, story in the past. I was at an encounter conference in Cape Town, South Africa. And at one point, they had a panel of myself and a secular Jewish teacher and a Catholic teacher and a Muslim teacher. And... uh, and they asked, you know, different questions And one question they asked the Muslim teacher was Being a Muslim teacher in a Jewish school Have you ever had any bad experiences? And she said, yes I did She says, there was uh, You know, uh, one time A girl came over and offered me something to eat And I said, I can't eat because it's Ramadan and, uh, and she said, but you weren't You were fasting last week She said, that's right, last week, this week And for a whole month, we fast for a month And she said That's the craziest thing I ever heard. And you can imagine how hurt I was that a Jewish girl couldn't have respect for somebody else's religion. Can you just feel the tension in the room? So I said, I'd like to say something on this young lady's behalf. She wasn't making fun of your religion. It's just that a Jew is incapable of even imagining fasting for an entire month. It goes against everything that we stand for as a people. You know? My first year when I was a scholar in residence at a Pesach hotel, um, which I had uh, This was 25 years ago uh, For a couple of uh, two years they used me And then nobody hired me And then Gateways hired me for two years And after the second year Rabbi Sushad said to me He says you have any idea how much it costs To fly you and your family In from Israel It's a fortune And I said yeah I know you should just find some old rabbi with no kids And you know and give him one room And I never heard from him again <laughs> So this year when they invited me to Project Inspire, I did the closing and I said, I want you to know this entire event is successful only because of me. And if you don't invite me back, I don't know what's going to happen because I've learned my lesson. (laughs) But the first time I was a scholar in residence, I was giving classes and people were coming over to me a whole yonder thanking me and telling me how my, my shiram had changed their lives and changed their Pesach and how it was so unbelievable. And at the end, when they thanked everybody, the entire hotel gave a standing ovation to the chef. <laughs> so I know my place in the Jewish world and the role that I play. <laughs> I'm there to keep your mind away from the food. we Anyway, so uh, the, the, well, well, we're in this world. God created this world. We're limited by two major factors. Time and space. God does not have time. God does not have space. Einstein's theory of relativity says there's a relationship between time, space, and matter. And if there's no matter, there's no time, and there's no space. Now, what does that mean? Can you imagine such a thing? What does it mean to be in a place where there's no place and there's no time. It's something that's beyond our ability to comprehend. Yeah? So, that's the, that's the challenge. That's what the Mishnah Chagiga means when it says if you try to imagine what was before and what was after and what's above and beyond. It, you can't. It's, it's outside of our idea. I once heard Dr. Schroeder say that a, um, a monkey will never develop a computer chip. He doesn't have enough, you know, synapses in his brain. He says we don't have enough synapses to grasp the concept of infinity. It's too big for us. We just our, our brains were not designed to manage something that big. Yeah. So to try to imagine a Kurdish baruch on that level, it's just it's just too hard. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so we're limited by time and space. That's why, by the way, when someone asks the question, "What was God doing an hour before creation?" You can't ask that by God. There's no when by Echad Baruch Hu. There's no time. There's no space. You can't ask those kind of questions. You can't ask where. You can't ask when. Right? It's similar. If any of you are planning on making Aliyah, when I made Aliyah, I had a friend who said, "I will help you out. You can ask me when. You can ask me where. You can ask me how." You can never ask why There's no why in Israel That's just the way it is Kacha. You know what I mean? And, I, and those first six months Someone said to me afterwards They were thinking of making Aliyah And I said it takes six months to adjust He says after that it's better I said no after that you give up You know what I mean? You, know, you don't even care anymore you don't Let them do whatever they want to you You know what I mean? So I'll tell you the real reason I made Aliyah You know I may have mentioned this in the past um, it's because I really had to think, I, I actually went, I was running NCSY on Long Island for nine years lived right here on Sage Street and I went to Eretzera um, um, for three years to like, learn I was going to go into Rabbanus, you know what I mean? and uh, that was my real plan and then the first year was a three-day Rosh Hashanah which means it'd be a three-day Sukkot and a three-day Shemini Atzeris. and I said, when you live in Israel, you have no family All my family's in America. You know, you have no family. And you don't speak the language. You're not part of the culture. And since in Israel we have a method of dealing with things which is called protexia, which is a much prettier word than corruption, which is what it really is. (laughs) So uh, you don't have any protexia because you're not not related to anybody famous, you know. And there's wars and there's terrorist attacks and so many difficulties. Or I could have two more three-day yontiffs. It wasn't even a question. You know what I mean? (laughs) Three-day yantif is something the Khazal came up with to encourage aliyah. That's the only reason it exists, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, so when it comes to Kodesh you can't ask when, you can't ask, you know, uh, uh, where, Th- those questions don't apply. We're limited by time and space. The fancy word we use is time, space, continuum. Which means that if you want to know where you are, you get a map and you can find where you are in a space and time because there are different levels of opportunities and places. It's a mission in Kalim, all Right? There's Esther caduceus, ten levels of holiness. Eretzot is the first level. Cities walled from the time of Yeshua is the second level. Yerushalayim is the third level. The Haribayas is the fourth level. And it keeps counting until you reach the highest level, Uman. But, um, <laughs> obviously. Otherwise, why do people in Yerushalayim leave and go to Uman? It must be. That, that's there's the Kosh that's number nine, and then there's Uman. Oh so, uh, so <laughs> I've got such a great joke that I can't tell I'm so sorry, <laughs> I really can't. Even I, you know, have a limit. You know, I, I one time uh, had, uh, you know, my Dachibina students over, second year students over my house, and uh, my wife was there, and as I was speaking to the girls, she says, you know, Rabbi Yalofsky, you really shouldn't say that. You know, Rabbi Yalofsky, I don't think you mean to say that. Rabbi Yalofsky, you know, this was most of the evening. So the next day when I was class, I said something, and one of the girls said, you know, if your wife was here, you wouldn't be able to say that. <laughs> I said, I know, but she's not. So, you know, she tried to explain to me there's this concept called a filter, which, uh, you know, evidently I, I have some thing where I just don't have that, so, you know, uh, but even I know that I shouldn't tell this joke. Anyway, <laughs> so... So there's different levels and places. There are places where there are Kedusha where you're able to go and have an opportunity to be able to tap into a certain level of Kedusha. You know? Um, Josh Hartman, who wrote a parish on the Gur Arye and other svarim of the Maharal, he says he used to go to Prague and sit and learn in the Maharal Shul. And he asked his rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Shapiro, who, you know, has really been working on the Maharal for many years, Rabbi, why don't you come with me? And he says... I'm not ready yet To have the experience of sitting in the Maharal Shul And learning, you know like, You know, place has a certain power So does time There are certain times that are more mesugal For example, can you do tshuva anytime you want? Of course you could So what's the special thing of Yom Kippur? Okay, so Yom Marshall. Childproof cap You know those caps that only children can open? You know Old people can't manage it <laughs> they give it to little kids. Yeah, yeah, sure, grandma. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, when you line up the two arrows, it opens very easily. What if you don't line up the two arrows? Can you open it? Sure, you take a pair of pliers and you pull it off, you cut it off. You can still open it, but it's much harder. There are certain times where there are opportunities for us to create, to recreate, to fix. To repair things that happened at that time. As the Maharal explains, time is a spiral. You always come back to the same points, only on a different level. And so whenever you come to a particular day, it's not a circle, but you're at a different place, but you're on the same point. I, I, I have an opportunity. When I was a kid, I remember I had a riddle book. And it said, do they have a 4th of July in England? So the answer is yes. And a 5th of July, and a 6th of July, and a 7th of July, right? Because right. obviously when the person was asking the question, he meant do they have an Independence Day like we do on the 4th of July. And the answer is no. I had a student from Great Britain in my share, and he told me that every English student has to remember two dates, 1066 and 1966. 1066 was when William the Conqueror defeated the Anglo-Saxons and created modern England. 1966 was the last time England won the World Cup. Those are the only two significant dates of history, yeah? Um, For those of you who obviously are American and have no idea what the World Cup is, the whole world plays soccer, but like everybody. And if you're a team, that country is playing, you can't reach anybody in the country. They're all watching the game. The most important thing, they take it very seriously, you know, this, girl from, this, this, this uh, player from Colombia hit the goal in the wrong net. When he got off the plane, they shot him. You know what I mean? These people take their soccer very, very seriously, you know? And in America, they don't really care so much, you know? But we take one American baseball team, and they play another American baseball team, and we call it the World Series, you know what I'm saying? Because that's all that we really care about, you know? This is just, just about America. So uh, they used to say this, what, what, what somebody who's trilingual speaks three languages, Bilingual, two languages Monolingual, American and then, That's it All you have to do is say, do you accept dollars? It's amazing how quickly they learn English You know, it's amazing yeah? So, uh, okay So uh, they don't have a 4th of July So it's so interesting Because I, I just spoke at another program in Brooklyn The Shavasa V'tammuz right? Shavasa Tammuz program That was yesterday This is the 18th of Tammuz You understand? So it's a little anticlimactic to call it the 18th of Tammuz program, right? Obviously Shabbos was Shavasu Tammuz, yeah. But that's like saying the Fourth of July. We're not asking about the date. We're asking about the power of the date. But what it means is that when the 17th of Tammuz comes around, and the three weeks that conclude with Tishav, there are primal events that took place, and those events repeat themselves every year. What happened on the 17th of Tammuz? Moshe came down, so we built the golden calf, broke the luchos. What happened on Tisha B'av? We cried for no reason, and God said, you know what, you're all going to die here in the desert. That's it. In a number of places, Rashi says they are integrally related. Shevet Levi was not counted in in the count, he says, in Bamidbar, because since everyone in the count was going to die in the desert, and Shevet Levi didn't do the Chet Egel, they weren't included. He says in uh, Parshish Shlach that he predated this a year earlier because really he planned to give the decree of the Meraglim at the Egil, but he waited till it was finished. The Meraglim was just a follow-through, even though historically the events are separated by more than a year. right? Moshe goes up on Shavuos, comes down on the 17th of Tammuz, breaks the Luchos, Says, you guys are in serious trouble. I'm going to try to get your forgiveness. Goes up for 40 days. Comes down and says, okay, God will forgive you. But that shalchanti b'salcham, no more. He took his tent, set it up outside, called it the Yo'a Moed. I'm going to stay here with God. You guys need anything, fine. Otherwise, you know, Amalek will take care of you. And we said, no, we want it the way it was, which you don't always get the chance. By the Meraglim, we were very sorry. We got up the next morning. We got dressed. We put on our weapons. We said, okay, we learned our lesson. We're ready to go. God said, too late. So you don't always get that chance. But by the Agel, he gave us that chance. And he went up for another 40 days. And he came down with the second set of luchos. And that's it. <laughs> Says the Yarshach HaKadosh. Why is it called Shvuas? Why isn't it called Hagga Torah? Because we never got the Torah on Shvuas. That Torah was broken. And those first luchos would have created a different world. Freedom. Freedom from death. Freedom from the Yetzirah. Freedom from Shikha. Freedom from everything. That would have, we would have moved back into the world in perfection. We never got that Torah. Says the Medrash, for example. There was supposed to be Yom Bum-tom Muntam of an Elo. But because of the Egel, we lost them all and they moved to Tishrei. That means that the original Torah had a holiday in Tammuz, a holiday in Av, and a holiday in Elul, and those are gone. Where they've been moved to Tishrei. Yeah? So the Torah that we have is different. We didn't get that Torah. He breaks the Luchos, and he comes down on Yom Kippur with the second set of Luchos, and then he tells us about the Mishkan, and then we start collecting the things, and says the Vilna Gayan, we started building it on Sukkot, and then the Ananiyakavot came back. That's why we celebrate the Ananiyakavot on Sukkot. And then we, you know, put up the Mishkan and Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And we have Pesach. And then we have Pesach Sheni. And then on the 20th, we begin our march into Eretz Shal. And three days later, we said, are we there yet? This is so hard. It's hard to go. We started complaining. And then the fire came down and burnt up all the complainers. And that was a way to stop it. Nobody complained after that. And then everyone said, you know, I haven't had a steak like him forever. Can't we get some meat? And the Slav went on for a month. And then Miriam was outside of the Machina for a week and now we're ready. Okay, boys and girls, we're marching into Eitzchel and everyone said, let's send out the Maraglim. The Maraglim came back on the 8th, gave their evil report. We cried that night and that was the end of the story. So the event historically that happened on Shabbos Batamas, and the event historically that happened with uh, Tisha B'Av is separated by over a year. But we understand it was a one-two punch. And that's why throughout history those two dates are intertwined. And so the Romans broke through the walls of the city on Shavos and they set fire to the base of Mikdash on Tisha B'av, and that was it. The two of them are bookends of times of tragedy. Winston Churchill once said Man will occasionally stumble upon the truth. But he usually picks himself up and keeps going. Yeah? And it's very wise. Because every now and then we get an insight. And every now and then we get an inspiration. And every now and then we make a decision. And uh, it's really hard. It's hard to maintain, you know, that sense of of purpose. Yeah? So, let's understand. For the past 3,300 years... We build an ego on the 16th of Tammuz. Moshe breaks the Luchos on the 17th of Tammuz. And we cry for no reason on Tisha Because if we had broken that pattern at any point, that would have been the end of the story. But we haven't. Assuming we don't like this time of year, and I don't. I don't, not at all. I know that conversations are absolutely amazing that you can overhear. That's where I get most of my material. The rabbi once said it to me because I overheard him saying something to somebody and then I used it in my drusha, you know. And He says, now I see what you do. You just listen in on other people's conversations and repeat them. Absolutely. That's all I do. And I steal jokes and I don't give anybody credit for it. And, uh, Baruch Hashem, I support my family. So, uh, <laughs> what a scam. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> the guy says to me goes, I, I memorized all your jokes I said, now you can make a living and support your family too Good for you, anyway so, uh, um, But uh, we keep repeating the same problems We keep repeating the same mistakes Yeah. At some point, if we could figure out How to break the pattern Then it would be a different outcome right? That's what we have to do That's really what we have to figure out how do we break the pattern? How do we make it that this year there's no Tisha Now, I was in Israel during the first Gulf War. Um, it was a very dramatic time. There's something about missile attacks that just make you nervous. I don't know, I don't know how many of you have been under missile attack, but, you know, it, it can, you know, upset the children, you know. Who go to school with their little gas masks, you know, and they have to decorate them, you know, and take my children out for a typical Jerusalem evening, you know, gas mask and pizza, you know what I mean? And you get adult gas masks and children gas masks and the little gas crib, you know, which was those little rectangular plastic things you stick the baby in and roll them up, you know, and luckily there's a glove so that you could pick up the little nerve gas shot and give it to the baby in case he gets infected, you know. And you go into a room, and you put plastic over the window and tape over the door and a towel at the bottom, soaking in water and baking soda. You see how this can sort of upset you a little bit? There were, Friday night, there were three missile attacks, and I slept through them, just to prove what my mother always said. <laughs> she tried to get me in the morning. She says, you could sleep through a missile attack. Turns out she was right. Anyway, but... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a real nervous time. And people turn to Shlomo Zalman Orbach, the great God of Yisrael. Um, I, I think my friend Chanuch Teller's book uh, from Jerusalem, his word, his biography is a must read. And, um, and he, um, uh, they asked him, what's going to be? Rebbe, what's going to be? And he says, I'm not a Navi, I'm not a Ben Navi. But I tell you the following. The coalition set January 15th as the date. When Iraq has to pull out, I guarantee you that on January 16th, all of Klius was going to say Hallel, and this year we're going to eat meat on Tisha B'Av. And it spread through the streets of Yushalayim. I mean, we were looking for some comfort. Imagine we're going to say Hallel the day after the war starts, and we're going to eat meat on Tisha B'Av. And then someone realized that January 16th was Rosh Chodesh, and we always say Hallel. <laughs> and that year, Tisha B'Av came out on Shabbos. So. Shlomo Zalman was having a little fun at our expense. But, uh, but you know, this year there's no Tishabav. Tishabav comes out on Shavuot. We're going to be e- eating meat on Tishabav, you know? Sacrifice we make for our God. But, um, you know, the, uh, the, the fact is that the power of Shavuot and the power of Tishabav remains, no matter how it's commemorated or when, unless we can figure out how to solve it. So there's a question that everybody asks. I've never understood this question. I know if you read the psukim, it makes sense. But if you read the, the, you know, Rashi's Parish, I don't understand the question. And that is, how could it be that the De'ya, these people who heard God speak at Ahar Sinai, these people at this unbelievable level of Nebuah, how could it be that these people built an eagle? So if you read the psukim, I understand the question. V'yaha'am ki Moshe Moshe, l'redez menahar, the people saw that Moshe delayed coming down. Right? They say to him, Make us a God. Because this man who took us out of Egypt, we don't know where he is. And Aaron says, where's Kor? They killed Kor." Yeah. Aaron says, Ask your wives and your daughters for their jewelry. Says Rashi, they took their own jewelry because their wives wouldn't give it to them. According to the Das Kanem, they ripped it off their wives and brought it. And he molds an eagle, this golden calf. This is the God who took you out of Egypt. And Aaron saw. It doesn't say what Aaron saw. Tomorrow will be a holiday to God. That's the story. That's the story. If you look at Rashi, it's a dramatically different story. V'yarom ki What does that mean? When Moshe went up, he said, I will be back by noon on the 40th day. And they made a mistake. They counted the first day he went up. And he said 40 full days. The first day didn't have the night with it. So it was a mistake. They made a mistake. Betes Zion, on the 16th, Ba HaSatan, Sultantan, Arve Vesa Olam, came the sultan and mixed up the world, confused the world. Arve stirred the world. Yeah, the harid Koshekh, the alah of Avuvia, and showed them darkness, deep darkness and arvuvia, mixture. Confusion. Loima, the people say, It must be Moshe died. And they say to him, because this man Moshe who took us out, we don't know what happened to him. Says Rashi, Kimin demus Moshe, Haire lehem hasatan, Shenosim ba'avir they saw Moshe dead being carried up to heaven okay let's understand now let's put this into a context the Jews come to Har Sinai and Moshe says okay here's the plan my friends God's going to speak to me and I'm going to tell you what he says okay and we're going to do this and you'll hear everything and the people said no no we want to hear it from God ourselves and he says are you sure you're ready for this if you're not on the level of a Nebuah and you get a Nebuah, it can be a wrenching experience. Avram's lying on the floor, you know, thrashing about in, a, in, in, in terrible difficulty. Because he's getting a Nebuah and he's not on the level. I can speak to him. Yeah, put it upon him, but most people can't do that. Are you sure you're ready for this? They said, yeah. Okay prepare for three days, come to Har Sinai, and they stand there, and Hashem speaks, they hear Hashem speak, whatever that means. They saw the sounds, and heard the sights. It was something that took them out of this world. And he says, the first of the Esheres I am the Lord you got the God of Egypt. Bam! Everybody died. Except for Moshe. Everybody. Aaron, Khor. Everybody Shavit Levy. Everybody's dead Moshe's looking around A little upsetting Yeah And Hashem brings everybody back to life Now I don't know what that experience is like To have the soul ripped out of your body Uh, The only description I have Was Voldemort But uh, That's the only thing I know But you know but the uh, but uh, souls ripped out of your body, and they're brought back to life. Now, uh, this this got to be difficult for a person. Moshe is everybody okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. You ready? You, you need time? No, no, I'm okay. All right. bam! Everybody dies again. Everybody's dead. Moshe says to Hashem, "This is this looks bad." Hashem says, "I do this all the time. Don't worry about it." That... <laughs> Bring everybody back to life. it's twice you died, right? And brought back to life. I says, You guys okay? Yeah. Only eight to go. <laughs> and one guy says, You know, I'm thinking. How about Hashem speak to Moshe and Moshe speak to us? And I was like, Yeah, great idea. Make that guy a Nazi. Yeah, I like the way you think. And uh, Moshe says, Don't you want to hear from Hashem? Nope. This was, I, I really, really am impressed. Trust me. You know, God spoke, I heard him, I died, I came back Okay, I don't think I could do this Eight more times Moshe, go for it And Moshe says, Hashem said, great Hashem said, great, yeah When they're all done, Moshe says, okay I'm going up now for 40 days and 40 nights I'm going to bring down the Torah You guys going to be okay? Yeah I'm going to leave Aaron and Chor in charge, okay No problem, yeah Yeah, but hurry back, okay? I mean, because we're a little nervous standing here, this mountain covered with fire and and, and smoke, you know what I mean? And, you know, having died twice, you understand how that puts us at a disadvantage. Don't worry, I'm going to be back by noon, okay? You'll set your watch to it, yeah? And he walks into the flame and the smoke, and they're like, hurry back, yeah? And they're counting, and they're counting, and counting. And they come to the day which, because of their mistake, they thought was the 40th day, and the Satan destroys the world. Now, it, Rashi says that he uh, Moshe wrote the entire Torah for them from Berachas till Matan Torah. That means they obviously saw the pasuk Vahi Voke Yom Hashishi. And what does Rashi say? Obviously, they must have gotten Rashi with it because I assume that uh, Moshe gave them an art scroll, and uh, comes with the Rashi. Yeah. Uh, with an overview. But uh, so, uh, what does Rashi say? If you accept the Torah, good. And if not, I will return the world to Tovo. That was the primordial existence. Nothingness, as Rashi says, such that it leaves you. In wonder that there's so much wonder, uh, emptiness, I can't even know. put a word to it. vai Bokeh. Erev is mixture, confusion, and boker is seder. Before Hashem organized things, light and darkness worked together. Can you imagine what that's like? I can't imagine it. Every time he said Rashi, you try to think: Is it a checkerboard? You know what I mean? Do the, the lines just intersperse? How does light and darkness exist without any borders? Yeah, I, I know what this means. And, and so there was something where it was total disorder and chaos, bokeh, and it formed itself. They are now watching the Bria unravel. That is our vuvia. Choshech va'afela. <laughs> Choshech alpareisa home. They see the darkness, they see the chaos. They see the entire world collapsing before their eyes. Uh-oh. We have only moments to save the universe. And so they run to Aaron and Chor and say, do you guys see what's going on? The entire universe is unraveling. And for wonder, look, there's Moshe. He's dead. He's going up to Shemayim. This is all over. And Khor says, please return to your tents. There's nothing to see. Please disperse. Now, I have to try to save the universe. This guy is trying to block me. He's our job, and I have to stop the nuclear... If you understand what I'm referring to. Anyway, yeah. There's always somebody there when you have to try to stop it you have to fight to be able to get to, you know, pull the switch and save the world, you know. So they, they, they tell Chor that they kill him. That's it. You're, you're trying to stop us out of the way. And they say, Iron. You're a great guy, but you ain't your brother Moshe, because when we died, you died too. And if Moshe can't do it, then no human being can do it. And we have to create something to use to reach Hashem, like a Mishkan. Right? They didn't know what a Mishkan was yet, but something like a Mishkan. And so Aaron says, okay, I could take the easy way out and do what Chor did and get killed. But I'm going to put myself in the line, and I'm going to stall for time. Stall for time. Go and ask your wives for their jewelry, and the husbands run in in a panic. There's moments to go till the entire universe explodes. Yeah, and they say, "Quick, give me your jewelry." I says, "Why? We're going to build something to serve Hashem." I says, "No, no, just wait for Moshe. Moshe's dead." No, he's not. I saw him go up. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. The entire universe is unraveling. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. You know how wives can be like that sometimes? <laughs> You're giving a perfectly good argument and they're bringing in something like feelings just to confuse you. You understand? You know? So, uh, you know, that's because women have amuna. The, the, the word amuna is related to the word aim. Mother. A little baby is lying in a crib. He cannot see further than from here to there. That when he's nursing, he can see his mother's face. That's it. And he's lying on his back, helplessly flailing about with his arms and legs. He's hungry. He's dirty. He's cold. He's lonely. And he starts to cry. And out of nowhere, these arms come and pick him up. And he's like, cool. <laughs> I, mean, I got to work on this, yeah? So uh, that's Amuna. That's what when we're in trouble. We, we, we're hoping that Akash Baruch was going to scoop us up in his arms and save us. But we learned that from our mother. So women have more of an amuna. And that's why they don't get confused by things like facts. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> you know how women have this idea like, I don't know. I don't know. We, we don't suffer from that. You know? Men always know. Whatever it is we know, we have an opinion. And it's a rock-solid opinion. Or maybe even based on nothing. But we really believe it. I just uh, spent Shabbos up in the mountains. And it was beautiful. And... And... Uh, um, you know how all the roads look exactly the same with all the trees and everything. So today they have ways. In the ancient days, before they had ways, they had a GPS. Before that, they had something, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, it was called a pencil. And you'd say, how do I get there? And you'd write down the directions and you'd follow it. You know, one of my kids was just laughing with me now, you know, because I remember when you used to write down directions and you'd say, look for the third traffic light. Was that the third traffic light? <laughs> you know, where do we turn? What do we turn? You know, you follow the directions. But that's only because I was, you know, in the words of the former governor of California, Gurleyman, and then said, real man doesn't need that. He comes to the cross, you know, to the little T-junction. 44, 45, 54, 55, doesn't really matter. It's just trees everywhere. And he just looks at it. And he says, it's to the left. And he turns to the left with a tremendous amount of confidence. Just trees. Three miles, four miles, five miles. And he says, no, it was the other way. And he turns around. And he goes back five miles And he starts again And he says, oh, this is the right way Three miles Four miles Five miles And he says, no, I was right the first time And he turns around There are still people from last summer Each time going a little bit Further this way A little further that way You know And their wife says something totally worthless Like, why don't you ask somebody (laughs) Because I know I know, I know already You know So So, uh so the, uh, they tell their wives Give us the jewelry They said no Just says forget about it I'm taking it Ah 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 I hope those were clip-ons Ah <laughs> Here's the gold Your wives gave it to you No we ripped it off That makes sense Alright we're going to throw All the gold in And then we're going to Set up a committee No better way to keep Jews busy make a committee, serve cake and coffee, we'll have have elections for officers, we'll decide what to build, this will go on for months before we actually make a decision, yeah? I forgot who it was who said it, but they said a camel is a horse designed by a committee. So, uh, you know, we'll set up a committee, you know, but of course Micha was there, the baby that Moshe pulled out of the wall against God's advice, because Moshe knew more than God, of course, you know, that's how it always works. I was going through a particularly difficult time once, and, uh, I have a Hasidisha friend. He looks at me and he says, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak was walking with his chassidim and he stops and he says to them, if I was God, you know what I would do right now? They said, what? Just what he's doing. Why, well, you think I'm smarter than him? <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, of course we're smarter than him. God, you created the whole universe and you run all the, you know, the stars and uh, that's great. But this, you messed up. All right, nothing personal, but you really dropped the ball on this one, and so just step aside, and I'm going to try to fix things. You know what I mean? Because we know better than God, you know. So, uh, so he pulls out Micha. Micha had the little golden plate that says Alei Shah Throws it in, and out comes the egel. Says Rashi, V'yah Aaron shahayu barua It was alive. Shenema ketav Shah ochel esav. It came out walking and talking and eating grass. And the whole world goes back to normal. Zoop! Now, let me ask you a question. You see the entire universe falling apart, Mamash being destroyed. You see, according to your calculation, this is because the time is up, you see um, Moshe dead. You throw in the gold, miraculously, out comes this Egel Azahav, and it's alive. And the whole world goes back to that. What, you wouldn't give each other a shkoyach? Shkoyach, we saved the universe. It's a no-brainer. How is it that Shaved Levi will oppose this? How could anyone oppose it? I would say, I would definitely have been a part of the ego, but I'm a Kohen, so I know I was on the right side. You understand? You know, but if it wasn't for that, you read the Rashi's, how could anybody have stood up to this Nisaiya? Yehoshua, the only person who missed the agel. You know, the people are building the agel. Chor is lying dead, Iron's stalling for time, Moshe's begging to save Klai Yisrael, Shevet Levi is screaming, stop, and is standing there, has no idea what's going on. Oh, look at that, all the stars are exploding. Yeah. Just waiting for Moshe. Oh, there's Moshe dead. Hmm. Just waiting for Moshe. Oh, all the seals have boiled away. Mm. Yep, he should be here any minute now. (laughs) He was totally unfazed to the point where he comes down. He's like, sounds like trouble, Batman, you know? (laughs) And he says, I don't know, Joshua. Let's go and take a look. Okay. He doesn't even know that there's anything going on. He's shocked. Can you imagine? You didn't even know you come in. Oh, Glius was involved in the ego and you got left out. You know, it's like, oh, man. (laughs) I don't know anything about it. How could all of this evidence be taking place? And let's ask another question. How is this fair? Does this sound like a fair test to you? You know? You see all of these things taking place. I'm supposed to understand that it's all not true. How am I supposed to do that? So, let's go to Gan Eden. Um, Three people. Three characters involved in the story. Adam, Chava, and the Nachash. And they eat from the us. And Hashem says to Adam Why did you do this? And he says What men have been saying for thousands of years It's my wife's fault <laughs> He says to the wife Why did you do this? The snake tricked me It's not my fault I'm a victim of circumstances Yeah, i was taken advantage of Hashem says Okay I'm going to start handing out punishments And I'll start with you snake And the snake says I would like to say something on my own behalf He says, okay, we're going to cut off your legs, we're going to smash your head, you're going to eat dirt. He says, okay, I have to say something. You know know why I did it? You told me to! You put me in gun aid and you said, cause mankind to sin. I did it in record time! I should get a raise and a promotion. Instead, you cut off my feet and make me eat dirt? Like they say in the unions, don't work too hard or you'll lose your job, you know? Gosh! How is this fair? So he says, you're good. Nachash. You're too good. You're right. When humanity was over here and you were over here, that's fair. But then humanity is dropped. This is not a contest anymore. Take a fourth grader, a tough fourth grade girl and let her fight the heavyweight champion of the world. It's not even a contest. Let's go. Bam! Right through the back wall. You know, they give out awards for short films and universities, they make short films um, I don't know many of the short films But this one somehow caught my attention It won almost every award It was called Godzilla Meets Bambi It's a short film <laughs> Bambi comes out, walks around Looks up and goes And a big foot squashes him and That's the end That's what it is You want to fight the sultan? When you're down here, you're going to fight the sultan. You're going to take on the eight Zahara, We're going to fight the Eight Zahara. You're, like, you're crazy. So Sham says this in Peric Bayes. You're going to fight the Eight Zahara. There's a Gemara starring Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Meir where the Satan turns himself into a beautiful woman and this one's swimming a river and this one's climbing a tree and he turns back into the Satan. And he says, just remember Akiva, I could have you anytime I want but Hashem doesn't let me. You're going to fight me? I have crushed you like an eggshell little man. Crush. Who do you think you're dealing with? I'm up here. You're down there. So Kodesh Baruch says, I'm going to cut off your legs, tie your hands behind your back, you know, have you attack only from the back. Because a frontal attack by the hour, you don't stand a chance. But what happened at Harsinai? We reached the level of Adam Kodom what does that mean? That means we removed what took place in the chait of Adam Arishon. What took place? There's this mistake that people make. He ate from the eight sadas. He didn't eat from the eight sadas. Right? He didn't know and now he knows. That's ridiculous. The Gemara Chayigah says Adam saw from one side of the world to the other, he understood everything. He could look at an animal and understand every aspect about it to be able to give it a name. His understanding was complete and tremendous. It was the Eitz, Hadas Tov, V'Ra. Because there's something called Das Tov and there's something called Das Ra. What is Das? Any my f- former students here? My gosh. Das, how do I always translate it? This is the quiz. Yeah? I'll tell you what Das is. Rashi says. Chochma is acquired information. Yeah? I, co- I collect information. Bina is how I understand that information. And then I come up with a conclusion. That conclusion is called Das. When I say Aniyodeya on the real level, that means I know it as much as I, it becomes a part of me. Das is a Lashon of Chibah there's a this knowledge if it turns out not to be true is like cutting off my arm I so integrated it today we use the term I know when we really don't know and if you really don't know then you say it twice I know I know yeah you say I know when I went to school they hadn't found Pluto yet so we remembered all the planets by Mary visits every Monday and just stays until noon. Then they found Pluto and they changed it. Mary visits every Monday and just stays until noon, period. So they thought that was a little lame. So, anybody who's under, you know, whatever it is, 40, so you learned my very educated mother just served us nine pies. Now it turns out Pluto's not a planet. Yeah? You now, how silly everybody feels? My very educated mother just served us nine... (laughs) I just took off the period, I had no problem, I went right back. And I've pointed this out to people, this was about three years ago, where they said that Pluto's not a planet. You know, I haven't found anybody who's upset about it. (laughs) We all knew Pluto was there, you know. Okay, it is there, it's not there. If it turned out it was a speck on the slide, I'd also be okay. You know what I mean? I, I don't really care if there's a planet Pluto or not. I know it, and if it turns out not to be true, I don't care. What if you found out you were adopted? No, I can't be, why? My mother told me, ha ha, doesn't want to hurt your feelings. My aunt told me, she's in on it. I look just like them. Of course they adopt a baby who looks like them, you know? (laughs) I have baby pictures. Well, why not? They took you from the birth, mother. You know, of course they have baby pictures. And I can only go so far with someone with this until they say, I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) Because it's too wrenching. If it suddenly turns out that everything you think you know is not true, that would, be, that would be devastating. I can't handle that. Yeah? I can only handle so much because if it turns out something that I know for sure is not true, it wrenches my sense of reality. Das. And a person says, I know. I've worked a lot with teenagers over the years, you know? And sometimes a teenager will say to me, Don't worry, Rabbi. I know what I'm doing. I said, I also know what you're doing. That's the problem. <laughs> You think you know what you're doing Trust me, you have no idea You know Das is something that is my How I define my reality How I understand what's real If it suddenly turned out your five senses aren't working I mean, forget about it You know You tell somebody, you know What if you're really, you know Just a brain in a petri dish And we're just, you know, giving you sensations You know Most people don't want to think about that You know I tell somebody, what's your name, They tell me your name, that's not really your name. You're a 45-year-old man in Kansas, and you're insane. You think you're a teenage girl, but you're really not, you know. And this is upsetting to some people, yeah, (laughs) if they really thought about it, you know. But of course, today's generation has mastered the art of not thinking about anything that their teachers say to them, you know. We had to work real hard to ignore them. They can do it in one word, whatever. And there is no answer to whatever, by the way. There's nothing you can do. So, uh, you know, if you really thought that uh, something is for sure true, das is your sense of reality. We ate from the etzah das tov and the etzah das ra. What's etzah das tov? That's reality. That's how I perceive reality. That's truth. What's das ra? That's illusion. And after we ate from the etzah das tov ra, The the das hara is as real to us as the the das teif. Our sense of illusion is as powerful as our sense of truth. What stops us from going back into Gan Eden? The fiery revolving sword. Do you ever take a light stick and spin it around? It looks like there's a circle of light, but there's not. It's an illusion. What keeps us out of Gan Eden is a revolving, fiery sword. And it looks like it's everywhere, and it's not. It's just an illusion, and that's what stops us from being able to accomplish anything in this world, is illusion, we, we pull ourselves into illusion. Why do people have trouble in marriages? Because they are sure that everybody else is happier than they are, you know? Oh, look how Yankee always takes out the garbage, you don't take out the garbage, I know, but look how shiny he always takes out, you don't do that, ever. how come you don't this, and how come you don't that, you know? Look at their children, look how well behaved they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you know. When, when you leave them in a different context and suddenly it's a, you know it's a whole different picture than what you thought. You know? You think everything looks good, it's all illusion. You always think that something else is better and you the make-believe. And we get sucked into the illusion, it's so hard to see past it. Um nineteen eighty-five my son was uh, about a month old. And I had an NCSY chapter in 1978 in Los Angeles. And one of my kids was getting married out there. And as was Shabba Shabbat uh, I decided I would take my wife and my baby out there. And parents know this. You can understand your own babies. And uh, my baby wanted to go to Disneyland. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know that anyone else could have understood it, but to me it was clear. So so we went and uh, they just opened the haunted house okay so you have the ghosts and everything flying and as you're leaving there's a sign that says don't pick up any hitchhiking ghosts which by the way is always good advice I want you to know not just there and as we're leaving I see our little cart that we're sitting in in the mirror and there's us and sitting in between us is a ghost now I'm a relatively normal and intelligent person what do I do? I look And there's no ghost there. Of course there's no ghost there, stupid. And I look back and the ghost winks at me and waves. (laughs) I look a second time. (laughs) Of course there's no ghost there. But the illusion is so powerful. How could you not see it? How could you not look at something and understand it? That's what Das is. Das is our sense of reality. We reached the level of Adam Kadmon Achet. There was no more illusion. Hashem opened up all the rukias. He says, "You see, there's nothing there. Nothing there. Open up the tahom. You see, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. See in all the directions, nothing there. Do you get it? Do you understand it? Yes. Okay, Sudden, you're back to full power. Yes, ah, it's good to be back. Let's get a little arvuvia, a little dead Moshe action. I love my job. And he starts playing with all the illusions." And Shavit Levy says, this can't possibly be true. I know what I'm seeing, but I'm telling you, it can't be true. And everybody else fell for the illusion. You know why we built the ego? We built the ego for one reason. Because our hold on reality was not strong enough. I'm going back a very long time There used to be this comedy duo called Abbott and Costello Abbott was the straight guy Costello was the, was the, the funny guy um, And uh, they're going into a luncheonette He says, I only have this amount of money You know And I'm going to order a turkey sandwich and a cup of coffee And I'll share it with you But don't you order anything No problem They sit down He says, I'll have a turkey sandwich and a cup of coffee So what about you? He says, no, I don't want anything And he says, Lou, you should order something Really? Yeah I'll have a steak. And he hits him and he pulls him and second. I told you we don't have any money. He goes, but you asked me. I said, I have to ask you, but you know we don't have any money. I told you. Sit down again. What would you have? I'll have a turkey sandwich and a cup of coffee. How about you? I don't want anything. Lou, it's not right. You come into a luncheonette, you should order something, you know. It's not nice, a place of business. He says, Yeah, but you told me. i not forget what I told you. All right, I'll have a steak. No, you idiot, I tell you. And they do this like five times. And those like, I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. I'm gonna nothing, <laughs> but it keeps falling for the same line over and over and over again. Not us, of course. Have you ever been at a Shabbos meal where they bring out the dessert? And you see people weighing it. Not physically weighing it, but trying to decide. And sometimes you'll hear the following phrase. I'll hate myself tomorrow. Now, why would you eat something that's going to fill you with self-loathing? You understand? I'll tell you why. Because that cake is calling out to you and says, I will make you happy, happier than you've ever been. <laughs> I know you'll pay a price, but trust me, I'm worth it. <laughs> so part of our brain is saying, don't do this. The other part of our brain is going like, I don't know. I have type two diabetes. I know some people have the easy diabetes they're born with, but I worked hard. <laughs> Took me years to get this diabetes Sometimes I'm good and sometimes I'm bad my, my nutritionist said you're not supposed to say that But those of us who have it know Sometimes you're good and sometimes you're bad When you're bad you're not you know. When you're good you're eating all the food That makes you not want to continue living And when you're, good, when you're bad Then you're eating all the food that you know is going to kill you So sometimes I'm good and people say to me, oh, you really have to taste this cake. And I say, is it worth dying for? I don't know if it's worth dying for. I mean, I, I think it's very tasty, you know. I mean, would, would I, would, is it worth dying? I, I don't know. Some people say, yes, this is worth dying for. I say, well, then I have to taste it. And only once were they right. I would have died for that piece of cake. <laughs> how ridiculous that is? Okay, you're, those of you who are in my age group or older, you know that the list of foods you can no longer eat safely gets smaller and smaller. I'm not thinking about health. I'm talking about unbelievable pains <laughs> that you can slime bed. And you're going to say, why did I eat that frankfurter? That would make me sick. But you're going to eat it anyway <laughs> because it's there. And I'm not thinking anywhere past, just the illusion. And I imagine myself that I get on a teenager where my stomach is made out of cast iron and I can eat anything I want and suffer no ill effects. But you're not, you're old. You just have to sit there and you know, soon they'll be feeding you the bananas, you know, dribbling out of your mouth. You know, that's where we're heading. You came into the world that way and you're gonna go out of the world that way. That's okay but uh, you know you, you don't even realize you know you, you, you know you know the reality and we go for the illusion I had a student who um, you know she dressed according to the uh, rules of sneers, not the laws of sneers, but the rules of sneers. everything reached where everything was supposed to reach but she was dressed very provocatively yeah and she said to me once I think it's a kiddush Hashem, because you know people look at from women and they think they're not attractive, and I want to show you we can be just as attractive. And I said, and I know many young men who thank you for this act of kindness and holiness. Trust me, you know. But she, sure, she did something great. Says Massil and Shem Paragimel. Because of the illusions of this world, we can do something that's bad and think that it's good, and good and think it's bad, right? What would you say, good or bad? I'd say, most people would say it's bad, you lose your love, right, it's pretty bad. So uh, this happens in all places in life, but I'll, I'll bring out an example that, like I said, I work with students a lot, sometimes in a dormitory, and there's a boy, there's a girl, leaves his dishes in the sink, doesn't bother washing, uses everybody else's milk, until one of the people in the apartment goes crazy and starts screaming at them in front of everybody and says, you're the biggest lowlife, you're a thief, you don't care about anybody. Either. And everyone's embarrassed. And they're like, calm down. Goes, what do you think, I'm doing this for me? I'm doing this for everybody. You're just afraid to say anything. I'm, I'm willing to stand up for you. I'm being... Mal- and I'm a tzaddik. Says in Pirkei Avos, Who's the Russia... If I don't give and I encourage other people not to give. I was in a shul in Yerushalayim where a beggar came in. I don't know anything about this guy. It could be he has a serious medical condition. It could be he has children who are sick and, are, and he's got to run to the hospital all day. Whatever it is, I don't know his situation. Neither did this guy who in there. And this guy was walking around and this fellow was following, telling everybody, don't give him money. You're just encouraging him. You understand? Let him go out and get a job. In Chazar Sashatz, a guy is walking around after an Ani, encouraging people not to give tzedakah, and he thinks he's a tzaddik. He's sure, sure he's a tzaddik. You know? I have in my pocket the winning Powerball ticket from last night. I didn't even bother checking the numbers. I'm just going to go right down tomorrow and collect it. Because otherwise I wasted $2 and I know that couldn't possibly have happened. So, you know, but... uh, you know, let's face it. Why don't people play the power Bowl? Do you really think you're going to win? No, there's one in a gazillion chances that you might win. But the payoff is so great. Imagine you hit a real honey. Someone who really deserves it. and You gave them money. Bam! You have any idea how much that's worth? You hit the lottery 10 times over. And trust me, your odds of finding a real person who's in distress are higher than you're finding, you know, a winning lottery ticket. Yeah, unless you're white trash in the Midwest. Otherwise, your odds. <laughs> you never see the Powerball winner come out and he's wearing a yarmulke. You know what I mean? Give Valdic A you A You know what I mean? Forget about it. You see, from people going like this, I don't know what I was even thinking. I must be out of my mind. You know what I mean? And I bought six of them. Like, that was going to give me better odds. You know what I mean? But, like, you know... But, uh, you know but here if I get it right and yet here people say I don't give a stalker I think I'm a good person that's why we built the Egil we built the Egil because we got sucked into the illusion and the same thing happened by the Meraglim we can't conquer Eretzschel, it's too hard for us they're giants, the cities are fortified we can't do it, it's too hard let's just give up there's nothing there there's nothing there. I don't have to go to the stories in the VM. Go read the real accounts, first-hand accounts of what happened in the Six-Day War, miracle after miracle after miracle. There was this one guy. He had a broken gun. There were like 500 Egyptians. He jumped out and he said, surrender. And they all dropped their guns and put their hands up. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> go figure. We'll figure. That Kodesh Baruch can't figure out a way. I promise you I'm going to give you Eretz trail. I can't do it. It can't be done. It can't be done. I saw a bumper sticker once. It's a very inspiring uh, to, to read. Yeah. The most inspiring bumper sticker I ever read was, if you can read this, then you're tailgating. <laughs> but this one said, the impossible is the possible that hasn't happened yet. Those of you who are old enough to remember, it was considered impossible to beat the four-minute mile. Yeah? And once the first guy did, eh, a whole bunch of people did. Because I thought it was impossible. Now it's not impossible. The way things are going, we already had Shavas of Tammuz, we built the ego. we smashed the Luchos The way things are going, we're going to cry for nothing, and they're going to burn the base of Mikdash. The same way it's gone on for 3,300 years. Or, as Rosh Lomazalman said, this year we're going to eat meat on Tisha B'av. Maybe this year Tisha B'Av will finally be that holiday. Maybe Tisha B'Av will finally be that day when it's what it's supposed to be. Not a day of tragedy, but a day of faith in HaKadosh Baruch where we would have come back and listened to the Meraglim and said, you guys are crazy, man. We're going into Eretzuel and not have given up hope. We still have that opportunity. The next three weeks will tell the story of whether or not we're going to spiral down or whether it's going to be the three weeks from Rosh Hashanah to Hashanah Rabbah, which is also three weeks. Yeah? Build ourselves up so that then we walk into Shmini Yatzeris, the 22nd day, and that could be the Tishuvah. It could be a day that's a yontif, it could be a day of happiness, and it could be a day where Klay is and Emes